Father, we thank you. Say, Father, I thank you for your word is holy. It is incorruptible. It is unchanging. It is always the same. It has the ability to save me, to heal me, to restore me. Your word is eternal by which I abide through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, your word is the final authority in my life. I honor your word, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You're welcome to be seated. Come on, let's just give him some praise as you, as you, as you take your seats. Um, as we go on in our topic this morning about uh, man of God uh, or God-man, I want you to understand what we are speaking about is that Jesus was God which became a man and as a man he conquered all of hell, hates and the grave. And because he conquered hell, hates and the grave, his victory is our victory. Can I say that again? His victory is our victory. His victory remains our victory. There is no other name except the name of Jesus Christ by which man can be saved. And this morning what I want to go into, I want to start with 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 18. And I will try my best to put this forth to you. Um, and I see there's people as you are uh, online with us. And by the way, I just want the guys, won't you just put up the, the Durban address. I see people saying they're from Durban and um, that we can just let them know. I want to speak to you about a topic called the altars of God. And I'm going to start to introduce you into this as I equip you. And because I want you to understand certain things in the spirit realm. And as we move into the spirit realm and have understanding, the Bible says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Now thank be to God, we have understanding. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse number 18, the Bible says as follows. For you know that it was not of perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. I want you first and foremost to understand that God was the one that initiated um, His altars and He started right from the beginning. And I want you to understand that it was that it was Eve that sinned and when Eve sinned against God she pulled her husband into that and when the husband and Eve sinned God had to send them out from his glory or from his presence so they had to leave Eden are you guys with me but God's plan was always and is still that he will find a man and a woman that is in agreement with him and through that man and the woman he can have dominion and through that dominion multiply the kingdom of heaven as it is in heaven to be so on earth. God's plan is take over. Can I just say that? He wants to take over. He doesn't have any other plan. And he's looking for people to do it through. This church, as you are seated here this morning, this church is an altar unto God. Can I say that again? This church is an altar unto God. And what we have done just before I started to preach, we started to worship the Lord and praise the Lord. I want you to understand when you worship and when you praise the Lord on this altar of God or at an altar, you have to understand there's an exchange happening between heaven and earth. God is receiving it and you are honoring Him. If we don't worship the Lord, if we don't praise the Lord at the altar that the Lord gives unto us, what happens? You leave unchanged. 
Come on, are you there? So it means the following. You can sit, we can sit in the church and stay the same. We cannot change. Uh, we can be in the church and stay the same. However, whenever God has placed a church, and this is why I'm passionate about planting churches uh, like the one in Somerset West, because whenever God puts a church in a place, it is there for governance. Save me governance. So as you have to know, you and I, we are, a church is in a region for the sake of governance. God wants to rule and reign through His church into an area, into a territory because He is continuously thinking, I'm going to take it over. So He's looking for a group of people that are filled of His Spirit, that will be obedient to His Spirit, that will be obedient to His Word. And as they're obedient to His Word and obedient to His Spirit and make the necessary sacrifices as God wants living sacrifices, Romans chapter 12, verse number 1 and 2, He can live through them unto an area. Come on, does it make sense? So you have to understand when the enemy tries to destroy you or come after you, he's not really after you, he's after your influence. It's never about you. You are just the one that he would try to steal, kill and destroy from. And this morning, by the grace of God, I pray that you leap onto your seats and have the understanding in this day to say, Lord, let, let any foreign thing be broken off me in the name of Jesus. Because you have to understand, God placed an altar there, and I'll, I said it last week's Sunday, and I'll say it just now as well. There's an altar that still speaks on our behalf, and it's the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. This cross was so powerful, it toppled dominions, powers, principalities. All of them fell when He erased His altar. Let me say it again. When the, when the altar of God went up, and the Lamb of God was placed upon it, and the blood started to fall, God started to destroy powers, principalities, and dominions and mights that was all around situated. That's why your Bible says, my Bible says, Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 14 to 15, having destroyed principalities and powers, publicly showing them. What is it talking about? It's talking that the enemy's kingdom was set up in the spiritual world that is around us. You have to understand there's three realms. This is the first realm that we live in. There's a second realm around us called the atmosphere that is around us. That is where the enemy's kingdom is. And there's a third realm or the third heaven. That is where God dwells. Are you there? But when Jesus Christ died on the altar which God gave Him, when He died on the cross, when He, splits, uh, when he, when he spilled His blood on the altar of God, what happened was this, that on that altar, when that sacrifice took place, God in that instant moment toppled principalities, powers, mights, and dominions. Are you okay? Because there's no higher name and there's no higher power than Jesus Christ. There's no God higher than Him. Come on guys, are you with me? And so we have to understand this, that if I speak to you about altars, you have to understand it's a place of intersection. It's a place where the spiritual meets the natural. Come on, are you there? It is, a, is a, it is a place where divinity meets humanity. It is a spiritual portal. It is, the, it is to summon the spiritual. When you build an altar, you summon the spiritual. It is a place where God dwells and it's a place where angels gather. But I want you to understand first and foremost as you sit here this morning, you are an altar. You are an altar. Because there's no spirit that can come into the earth without God allowing it. Can I say that again? God has got a, a plan. God's plan, and I want you to understand this. God's plan is very, very simple. For a spirit to be physically on the planet, there has to be a person 
that allows that to happen. Come on, are you there? Or a region, or a country, or a city, or a whatever. Are you guys okay? You understand what I'm saying? But there's no spirit that can be on this planet without God knowing about it. Come on, are you guys there? That's why for an example, and I want you to understand this as we go into this, um, because I want to create understanding. And as I create understanding by the Spirit of the Lord, you can go to a place where you can start to break stuff down. Because if you can break it down by the Spirit of the Lord, you can live because of the Spirit of the Lord. May your, may your eyes not be blinded in this, eye, in this time in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, unless you've been, you have to build an altar for yourself. You, your own life is an altar unto God. In other words, my prayer time is an altar unto God. What I do in private builds an altar for me and my family. If I build an, I build the altar for the Lord. I, me, Gebar Barat, I build an altar through the Holy Spirit. But at the time I pray, I build an altar. The time I read the Word, I build an altar. The time I spend time of God, I'm building an altar. The, what is that? It is a place of sacrifice. Because Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1 and 2 tells us, become a living sacrifice. Are you guys okay? Are you with me? So, first and foremost, I want, to note, I want you to note a couple of things here. The first thing I want you to note is to note that, a, that an altar is a system of authorization. If you want something to come down, something has to be placed upon. Oh, it's getting tough here. Let me say that again. For an altar is a system of authorization. An altar becomes a legal entity by which a spirit gives their conditions and people must meet this condition by omission or commission. In other words, you know about it or you don't know about it. Let me use an example that you can understand what I'm saying. When Abram took Isaac and he placed Isaac upon the altar, God, he had to place Isaac upon the altar before the Lord could release the promise. Come on, are you guys there? So something had to hit the altar. What makes an altar an altar? Sacrifice. So there has to be a sacrifice. If there's not a sacrifice, it's not an altar. Come on, guys, are you with me? We have to understand this topic, and I, and I won't do it justice in, in one Sunday. So I'm going to introduce you to it slowly, and then we'll move with the Lord as God gives us understanding. Because it is my responsibility to give you the word. It is the Holy Spirit's responsibility to change you according to the word. So it's a partnership. I want you again to understand. If you want, for example, a, a breakthrough to come um, in uh, finances, there has to be a sacrifice in terms of that. So whatever needs to come down has to be placed upon. Sometimes it is, remember Jesus said this, and maybe I can just say this. That the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ dealt with the penalty of sin, but it never dealt with the influence of sin. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ dealt with the penalty of sin. It didn't deal with the influence of sin. Sin is still influencing this world through the God of this age. Come on, are you guys okay? And we have the opportunity to respond to it or not. We don't need to respond to everything. The Bible says, remember that the Bible says we should present our bodies as living sacrifices. That means that God is looking for a people that will put themselves into, the, an, into a place where they remain obedient to Him. And as they remain obedient to Him, His Spirit can fill that. Come on, are you guys, are you good? Secondly, I, I, want, you to, I want you just to understand this. That 
an altar is a governing place or a, the law of territory. In other words, altars govern the law of territory. The law of territory. What do I mean by the law of territory? And I'll just read for you um, that you can understand this. That in Genesis chapter number 26, verse number 12, the Bible says that when Isaac went into a certain region, he became so blessed that the kings wanted him to leave. Have you noticed, let me use an example, as I say, an altar is a place of jurisdiction. Have you noticed if you go to certain places that there's poverty in a certain place? Have you noticed that when you go into a certain region, there is certain things that are just there and people have started to accept it as, as normal. This is the way of life. This is how it's supposed to be. No, there's spirits behind controlling the area. I want, to, I want you to understand this. And so what most people do in the natural, they would leave an area of poverty seeking a better life. And what happens is nobody changes on the inside. They have to leave that place. Come on, guys, are you with me? But the answer of God, and this is how the kingdom works. The kingdom is to answer it from the inside. Because there in that inside, God wants to produce the change. So that it has a ripple effect. So as you sit here this morning, my question is simply to you, can you be the agent, agent of change? Oh, hallelujah. Okay. You, you as you sit here, you are an altar. As I say it again. Because we have to understand that the, the, the demonic is territorial, but God is also territorial. And that is why, and as I read this yesterday afternoon, the Lord spoke to me so clearly. You have to understand when God placed you in a place, it is not by a mistake. Acts 17, 26 says, when God places you somewhere, it is for His purpose. Come on. So God didn't make no mistakes when you were born here. God made no mistakes when He plants you into a church. But you have to have an altar. You yourself, and we have to start there. You yourself have to have an altar. If I stand here in front of you, I can say to you, God is the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. And so because God is the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, He is the God that honors covenants. So if your father and your mother serve the Lord, God will not ignore that when He deals with you. But... If your father and your mother was stubborn as a mule and you also stubborn, then you are not contending with, with just your stubbornness. No, you're contending with something that was before you. And you have to make the change and you have to be different. There's some people, their moms and their dads were as stubborn and as prideful and as, as arrogant as it could be. Now you are also arrogant and prideful. No, leave that devil and be kind and be compassionate and be humble. But we, listen, many people, let me help you. You don't help in a generation by dishonoring a generation. Because you're not God. Are you with me? The Bible requires humility. The Bible requires kindness. The Bible requires submission. In other words, even though, and even though there can be mistakes, we have to understand that there's grace and mercy at the throne of God. Come on, guys, are you with me? And I'm saying that to balance out because what we often want to do, we want to say, yes, my mom and dad. No, listen, mom and dad can walk with the light that God gave them. 
and you don't know what light they had. Come on, are we with me? You don't know. So only your responsibility is to walk with the light you have. But keep your heart clean. Is that okay? Okay, I want us to go there. And all the moms and dads should say amen and hallelujah to that. Um, I want you to understand this because as I looked into this, the Lord said to me the following. He said, you have to understand that altars are generational in their operation. In other words, they, are, they, take, they go through generations. Until, and I'm not talking about generational curse this morning. This is, that's a topic all by itself. What I'm talking about is that Genesis chapter number 8, and I'm talking into the positive, not into the negative. Because I cannot tell you that the devil is bigger than God. God is way bigger than what Satan can ever be. There's no competition here. Are you there? Because our theology gets twisted when we elevated the devil and we make God the small. No, no. God is all powerful, all consuming, all omniscient. He's, he's, he's the ancient of days. He was before there was anything he was. Genesis chapter number 8 verse number 20 says this. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed a burnt offering on it. I want you to see Noah built an altar and because Noah did it, his sons were blessed. In other words, what a man or a woman does godly for their God will go over to their children. Hallelujah. So as moms and dads here this morning, you have the ability and the possibility to raise an altar that will speak for your children. Are you there? Come on, guys. Let's go to Mark chapter number 10, verse number 48. Mark chapter number 10, verse number 48. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good cheer, rise. He is calling thee. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up. He is calling you. I want you to see something here. Blind, it's blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. But blind Bartimaeus was son of Timaeus. Can I say it quickly again? I want you to catch the revelation. Say catch. Okay. Blind Bartimaeus was the son of Timaeus. His father was also blind. In other words, blind Bartimaeus gets born blind, but Timaeus, the father of Bartimaeus, was also blind. Now Jesus comes onto the scene, and I want you to see how Bartimaeus cries out to Jesus. Bartimaeus calls out to him, Jesus, son of David. So now we have son of David versus son of Timaeus. And who was King David? King David was the one that Jesus came in his lineage. But who was David in his heart? David was a worshiper. Because the Bible says that King David killed, David killed the lion and the bear. And so what took Goliath out was a person that had a private altar with the Lord of praise and worship. So when he got onto the battlefield, he could refer back to his altar and his mindset was different than all the other Israelites. So he didn't have the same mindset. He was like, the, who are you, you undefiled, circumcised, circum, who are you, undefiled, circum, uncircumcised Philistine to defile yourself against the name of the Lord of hosts. 
the Lord of hosts. Please note that hosts is the God of war. Who are you? But he was bringing his own altar to the fight. He was bringing his relationship to the fight. Come on, are you there? You will never win the fight what you don't fight in your private. It's impossible. You have to do it privately. Then you have authority publicly. You can never go public if you haven't gone private. Come on, are you, are you there? And so we have to understand this. And so it says, Jesus, son of David, I am, I am blind Bartimaeus. Let me just translate it. I'm blind Bartimaeus. Now we have the son of David versus the son of Timaeus. We have the one that can give sight versus the one that has no sight. And Jesus is the greater power and he has the greater authority and he has the greater altar. What happens? Bartimaeus has to see. Are you with me? Come on. So what I'm trying to say to you this morning, it does not, it does not matter who was before you. It is mattering now who is with you. Oh, may you receive that this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Christ that is with you. It is the God that is with you. It is the God that is with you right now. Come on guys, are you there? Just give Jesus five seconds of praise. Just for a moment. We worship you Lord, we worship you. He is, there is certain altars that has to be torn down. Altars of sickness, altars of poverty, altars of fear. In other words, somebody agreed somewhere. Your responsibility is not go, is not to, uh, your responsibility is to be obedient to the Lord. Your responsibility is not to go on some weird expedition. Your responsibility is to be in this house this morning and to say unto your God, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, guys. Let me use an example. I understand certain things. Uh, let me use an example. There's a, you can work all of your life yet stay poor. Have you noticed that many times people work their little fingers off but still they stay stuck? I heard about a gentleman the other day um, that, uh, that all of his life he, he, gives, he gets finances but it seems that all of the finances just runs out of him every time. Never have a breakthrough, can never finish a project can never continue doing it. He's stuck in a cycle of a pattern. It just never ends. What is that? It is something that's behind that that is speaking. Are you guys with me? We have to understand that, that there is something like the spiritual world and it's very real. Come on, are you guys okay? You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And for us to break anything that has gone before us, we have to go to the one higher than any other thing. I want us to understand this morning, the greatest altar that has ever been and will ever be is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, that altar is powered by grace. That altar has got so much power. Listen to me. That altar has got so much power. Even as I preach this morning about it, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, let's say 50 years from now, I'm not on the planet anymore. And somebody hears my message and they believe in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. That cross will save them. Why? It speaks eternally. It has, a, it has a voice beyond time. You and I have got time. These things don't have time. But I want us to understand it's the highest form. Oh, come on, are you, are you there? What is important is which altar you worship at. Come on, are you okay? So altars are transactional in nature. Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1 says it. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the view of the mercy of God, 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will. He is good and pleasing and perfect will. Please note, the Bible makes it clear. You cannot discern the will of the Lord unless there is a sacrifice. I want to read it again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. Let me use another example that you just understand. Elijah had to pour water in the middle of a drought. Fire required water. Power will require death to self. Financial blessing will require giving and stewardship and management. Your altar will demand sacrifice from you. As I was in Durban on Sunday night, as we were preaching at the, at the, while we were still worshiping and as I walked into the platform, angels came into the building and they sat at the back. And I was thinking to myself, why is there so much angelic activity in this place? But it's because it's an altar. There's a price that goes up and there's a price that comes down. The Bible says this, let me just help everybody quickly here. Do you know that Jacob, the Bible says when the Lord encountered Jacob, before the Lord encountered Jacob, that was already an open, uh, uh, open portal. There was already an open heaven over that place. Why? Because there was one before Jacob. His name was Abraham. Abraham already made a deal of God. So Jacob went and he just slept and God encountered him. How is it possible that the, as you sit here that some people are wealthy and other people are, are, are struggling the whole life through? It's things that speak, guys. But thank be to God, He is graceful and merciful and He can break down anything that's gone before. So that you may walk into freedom. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on. I want us to get that. And so the Bible says in Luke chapter 1 verse number 11, it says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped to fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will be your son and you are to call him John. May I say it like this? When you are placed in a region, it is not just for your benefit. It is for the territory that God wants to take through you. As a father, as a mother, you have, you have as a father and as a mother, you have to understand, your house is an altar. Come on guys, are you there? Let me use an example. Have you ever noticed that when a, when a lion goes into a certain region, that lion marks its territory, right? When another lion comes into that territory, they know that there's another lion here, right? And the lion that comes into the new territory understands for him to take that territory, he has to fight the lion in that territory. Are you with me? So there's invincible barriers set up by what I've just explained. In the spirit realm, it has to be so for you and your household. That your household must be demarcated as an altar of God so that the place where you abide and the place that you abode, that there is no devil that can come there because there's an altar established there of prayer, fasting, and sacrifice unto God. 
Come on, are you, are you with me? So if the enemy can visit you, no, there has to be an altar. And, it's, and it has to come from that place. Guys, are you okay? Are you with me? And so we have to understand what I'm busy saying to you this morning is that you have the power to make heaven descend and ascend through the altar that you give unto the Lord. In other words, and I want to help us with that. If you go and pray and worship, God will encounter you. If you go and sacrifice in time of the Lord, God is going to encounter you. Are you there? While I'm on this topic, I want you just to understand that you've got two dimensions of these things. You've got altars and you've got gates. You are a gate. As you sit here, you are the gate of somebody else's breakthrough, even your own. You are the gate that God can use to bring the supernatural into the natural. You are the gate that can bring a healing. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by gate? Or what do you mean by gate? Let, let me help you. If I lay my hands upon somebody and I say, be healed in Jesus' name, I am a gate of the supernatural into the natural. Come on, are you there? I'm a vessel that is being used by the Lord. If I give unto somebody a financial gift, what is happening? I am a gate of God for provision to somebody. Okay, let me not stand at gates here. I'll get stuck at gates. Don't want to get stuck at gates. I want us just to understand that like, for example, in Power Church, if we take this church as an example, this is a governmental church. In other words, we are responsible for this area. Come on guys, are you there? Prophets are territorial commanders. We break into Satan's warehouses and we recover the things. Prophets are commanders of territories. As you sit here this morning, you have to recover that was stolen. You have to bring it back and you have to say, I want it back. One, not one fold, not two thousand, seven fold. What was robbed from me and my house should return. Not because of you, because of the Lord. Come on. Come on guys, are you there? Is it speaking to you? Now I want to I want to give you symptoms here quickly because if we can see the symptoms you'll understand what I'm busy saying. Salvation as I just said and I never want to go away from what I've just preached with this because salvation is empowered by a cross. That cross has got blood on. That blood speaks. It speaks a better word than the blood of goats, bulls, heifers and all the other bloods. It speaks even a better blood than your blood. Come on, that blood saves, it heals, it redeems, it delivers, it sets free, it opens up the eyes, that blood speaks. Praise be to the name of the blood of the Lamb. So secondly, I want you to understand, but there's certain things that happens to people and they can't explain it. Like I mentioned to you earlier, uh, I had a, a friend, a, a brother, a, a somebody that was in this, this church long ago. And I remember always staying stuck, same pattern, same pattern, same pattern, same pattern. Now if, I, now if I look back, I can understand it was a pattern of an altar that was against him. Okay, let me go into th- symptoms here quickly. Have you, have you ever noticed that there's people that they have the ability to start something but they finish nothing? Come on, is it getting quiet? Have you ever noticed even in your own life that many times you can start something but you can't finish it? It's not God. You have to finish what you start. Have you ever noticed that sometimes that there's stagnation and there's delays? 
It's like you can't, you can't break free. You can't break open. And there's stagnation. It's, there's like a delay on it. And you don't understand why there's a delay. Are you guys okay? Are you afraid? Have you ever, have you, and I want to put it in a language that everybody understands. Have you ever had the, the, the near success syndrome? That you are almost successful, but you're not. Or you were successful, but now you are not anymore. What is it? It is an altar that is operating. Are you guys okay? Are you with me? The good news is, this is the positive and the, the good news of the Lord, is that you can stop it. Oh, come on. Give Jesus some praise. How do you stop it? You honor the Lord. You honor the Lord. In my own family, I can tell you, sickness was, was present in my family. The enemy struck a, a, heavy, a heavy blow to my mother. Then the enemy struck a heavy blow to my dad. Then we decided to hear and no more. I made a deal with the Lord. You can call it a vow. I made a vow of the Lord. My vow was, if, I, if to serve you, you keep this body intact. And this devil that has run into the family stops here. I tell you the truth. I'm 41 years old and I'm as fit as I can be. I'm going to go on still for a long time. Why? I have never submitted to this devil. I've made up my mind for me and my house. This thing stops. You might have, done, you might have been successful, but now you're not going to be successful. And by the way, if you make decisions like that with the Lord, you can't eat hamburgers all the time. You have to look after your temple. Are you with me? But it has to stop and you, you have the power. Listen to me this morning. You have the power to decide by the word of the Lord. You have the power to decide. Have you ever noticed a father is lazy? Then the son is also lazy. What is that? Come on guys, it's patterns that has to stop. Come on, have you noticed that? Let's use for example a thought here. Have you, have you sometimes noticed that the, the father is, is, is lazy? And the mom, she's, she's right on, she's running everything in that house. Come on, are you, are, you, are you there? Now the daughter becomes like the mother. What is that? It is a cycle that wants to continue. But it's not God's cycle. It has to break. So what is the Lord looking for? He's looking for a person that will say, no, this is not how it function. Are you there? But it has to come out of a place of honoring the Lord. Come on, guys, are you, are you with me? We have to believe that the... And if you don't have that faith, I must pray for you this morning. But we have to believe this morning. And this is what the Lord sent me here to do. I came on a mission here this morning. And I've got a few sentences left. But I came on a mission here this morning to make sure that you break free from any and everything that's gone before you. I came here to tell you that you have to be the one. And it's going to start with you making a decision. People have worked, I, I have, I've, you can work until the sweat runs down your face. But unless you labor with the Lord, your labor is in vain. That's why I made, this, made the thing. I cannot go to any other city unless the Lord tells me. 
I can, I can like Durban all day long and the warm sea and whatever that's there. But I can tell you, I can never move unless the Lord tells. Because it is the Lord that must draw the people. It is the Lord that must call the people. It is the Lord that must assign the people. It is the Holy Spirit that must do the job. John 6, 63. I can't do it. It's His job. Are you there? My job is to say yes to His command. Come on, are you there? Now we're moving into Somerset West. Well, I can't do Somerset West by myself. I have to move with the command of the Lord. And the Lord has already got people in mind that He'll send to that church. I just need to say yes and go. Come on, are you guys with me? In your own family, you just need to be the one say yes. I've heard, listen, let me say it like this. We are in a season of supernatural intervention. We are in a season of supernatural acceleration. We are in a season where if you decide today, I promise you there will be supernatural response upon your life. That thing that's been walking with you for years and years and years and years and years, but by a decision today, it can break on your life. Because if, that, if, we, if we believe otherwise, then you're telling me the blood is not powerful. No, the blood is powerful to redeem. The blood is powerful to save. Come on guys, are, are you there? We can't be different than our, our forefathers that went before us. And I use the word forefathers when I speak about the apostles. We can't be different than them. These people gave their lives for what they believed in. We can't have a different. And I'll end with this saying that it catches your spirit. God wants to bring a massive awakening in the body of Christ. But He's going to bring the awakening through sons and daughters that are holy unto God. You have to be holy. Listen, can I help us with holiness here this, this morning? What is holiness? Holiness is the exercise of right standing with the Lord. You cannot be holy unless you're in right standing. And you cannot be in right standing with God if you're not in right standing with man. You cannot say, I honor the Lord, but you're judging man. It does not work like that. The Bible says, honor man. Jesus grew in favor of man and with God. Come on guys, are you, are you there? Are you with me? And so we have to understand the Lord wants to set you free. The Lord wants to heal you. The Lord wants to restore you, but it has to start with a decision. Come on guys, are you there? The Lord wants to start with you. You are the, let me say it like this. You are the chain breaker. You can be the chain breaker that starts to worship the Lord. Why am I a worshiper? Can I tell you why am I a worshiper? Why I'll go for three, four, five hours? Because I grew up with a father that was a worshiper. My dad would come and sing. He'll take his guitar. I was four, five years old. He'll sing songs unto the Lord. How many nights did I not go to bed hearing him praising God? So you don't have an option when you grow up because his altar speaks to me. Come on, are you with me, moms and dads? Are you here? Why are we a faithful people? Why we put our hand to the plow and not give up? Because there's people that's gone before us. So for me to, to, to lift my hands means I deny that what's gone before me. Then I'm, I say to myself that, that this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob doesn't exist. No, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When He calls Abraham, He's got Isaac in mind. And so when the Lord calls you, He's got your child in mind. Let me correct that. When the Lord calls you, He's got your child, child in mind. Your yes speaks to your grandchildren. 
Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. That is why inheritance speaks to the children's children. Inheritance, a good man stores up his inheritance for his children's children. Not even about the kids. Because the kids should not ride on the father. The kids should work so that their kids' kids can have greater inheritance. Hey, hallelujah. Praise the year. Come on, are you guys with me? And so, let me close of this that we can get into our spirits. Otherwise, I'm going to keep you here till five. God wants to reset the status quo. And as God wants to reset the status quo, He wants to start with us. Are you there? One of the things I want to ask you to reset in your own heart. No, there's a, more than one, but I'll start with the first one. I want us to be a people of honor. We have to establish a heart of honor. Are you guys okay? Because unless we honor one another, the Bible says the heaven is shut down over our lives. Jesus was dishonored. There was no honor. Nazareth suffered because he was not honored. Now people here, listen to me. In this nation that we live in, we live in a nation of dishonor. It's true what I'm saying. We don't honor law. We don't honor government. We honor nothing. We speak against all these things. Why? We have allowed, we have become a people of dishonor. May that be corrected in the church and may we become a people of honor. Just because some other people are not honoring doesn't mean we shouldn't. Come on, are you there? Just because somebody else is getting away with it doesn't mean you should. Come on, guys, are we there? Let us be the difference. Like my, like I would always, like my mom always say, said, and it's so true. Um, and I'll leave you with this. <laughs> she said, you can't fight a spirit with the same spirit. You have to have an opposite spirit. Pride, humility. Envy, compassion. Hatred, kindness. Arrogance, gentleness. Be kind. Amen? Let me summarize and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us. Because we have to pray. We have to pray. There's a lot of scriptures that I gave this morning. 1 Peter 1.18, Revelation chapter number 8 verse number 3. But I wanted you to understand, an altar is a system of authorization. That's why this altar right here, it's not cheap. This thing comes with many, many years, many, many years of people that are sacrificed here. And it's a continued altar where people can come like you this morning. You can sit here in the first service, second service, tonight service, and you can come and get free. Why? There was transactions made between heaven and earth. Thank you, Jesus. Secondly, altars are, govern, are there to govern the law of territory. Where you live, your house, is not just the place where you should live. The place you live is the place you should govern. That whole area should be safe because you're there. I'll never forget it. When I was living here close to the church, I made up my mind. As long as I'm in the, in, when, as long as I'm in the United States, nothing will be robbed because I'm there. Sounds crazy? No, it sounds territorial. Thirdly, altars are generational in their operation. In other words, they will stay until it is encountered with a greater altar. They have to be torn down like we see of Jesus with Timaeus and Bartimaeus. Fourthly, altars are transactional in nature. There has to be something on, something to come down. It is how it functions. And praise be to God. Again I say, again I say, we serve the only God that can answer. 
Lastly, I want to read a scripture for you and then I'm going to let us respond. Hebrews 4.14. Are you guys okay? A little bit hot, but we're fine. We're still okay. Hebrews 4.14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, please know that great high priest who has ascended into the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a faith. We do not have. We do not have. We do not have. Please listen. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize of our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. Hallelujah. Verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so this morning, everybody, I want us to do this as a, as a final act together. If you are in your life this morning and you say to me, but I see in my life, I can see I'm I, I starting things, but I never finish it. Or you say to me in your life, but I, I, I'm a, I seem to never be on top, even though I do everything right. Or you can say to me today, I, I see stagnation, I see constant delays. Or you can say to me this morning, I see the success, success syndrome. I'm just never successful. Then it's a good place to start with you today and say, Lord, here am I. I don't understand what has gone before me and I can't even speak on what God's gone before me. But what I can do, Lord, is I can make myself right before you. And Lord, I repent and I clean my heart up before the Lord. Because who can ascend the hill of the Lord but those that have a clean heart and a contrite spirit? And then the Lord works with you. Are you there? Come on, guys, are you okay? And so if that's you this morning, I want, to, I want you to stand and then I want to pray for us. There'll be many people that will respond. So as we stand, we go to the Lord this morning and we pray together. Look at this. May the Lord break it in this day in Jesus Christ's name. May you lift your hands to the Lord, please. I want us to pray unto our God. I want us to be a people this morning that can, can repent before the Lord. And we are honest in our repentance. Are you there? Say with me. Say, Father, thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Father, this morning, we thank you that we can repent. Lord, if there has been anything, any man, any woman, that have sinned against you. Lord, we repent in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, O God, our sins and remember them no more. Thank you, Lord, that from this day, the cycle, the pattern are broken in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the abundance of your grace in this day. In Jesus' name, I receive your grace. I receive your mercy in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that in this moment, all forms of stagnation breaks in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that all forms of delays ceases. In this day, I thank you, Father, that near success stops in this day. I will be successful. I will be the head and not the tail. 
I will be disease free. I will be sickness free. I will be poverty free. Because the Lord has spoken on my behalf. Father, I come this morning. I humble myself. And thank you, Lord, that your, your word says, you do not despise the humble in heart, for you are the lifter of the head. And so, Father, thank you that in this day, you lift me, you lift me out of the ashes. And in this day, now prophesy with me, in this day, I speak the word of the Lord. I will be successful in all my endeavors. Whatever my hand puts to shall succeed. I will carry the favor of God. I will carry the blessing of the Lord. I will be the one that the Lord will use in my family. This day, the cycle breaks. This day, the pattern gets removed in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for fresh breath into my life in Jesus' name. Thank you for new patterns in Jesus' name. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you for setting me free in Jesus' name. Father, by your Spirit, help me in this day to build a private altar unto you, O God. An altar of prayer, an altar of worship, an altar of sacrifice. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Come on, I want everybody to give the Lord a praise offering in this place. Amen. Look at your neighbor next to you. Say today, it has stopped with me. Look to your other neighbor. Say today, it has stopped with me.